Welcome to Three Cops Talk. On this podcast, three active duty police officers discuss behind the scenes stories and real life accounts of what it's like to be a cop. Every episode, you'll get an inside look at the challenges and dangers they face on a daily basis, as well as the triumphs and inspirational moments that make it all worth it. If you want to understand more about the men and women who put their lives on the line for us every day, then this is the show for you. And now your hosts, Chris, Scott, and Sean. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Three Cops Talk. If you haven't been paying attention there, it's a new musical intro for us. I'm not sure if you heard it's a little edgier, uh, edgier for us. <laughs> edgy, edgy. That's like us. 55 and 56-year-old edgy. And believe it or it's not, like, I got that. I mean, I, I reached out to a guy when we were at PodFest, Chris, because it's like, this is time, time for change. It's hot. It's change. You know what I mean? Right. And I reached. I just it's reached hot. out to a guy that was a classmate of mine from the Citadel. Uh, his name is Joe Clark. That's uh, He's honestly, our entire existence, he's been a really great musician out the wazoo like he like we were all in band but we were kind of knuckle draggers and a lot of guys are like you're in band you're not really a knuckle dragger but the bottom line is is like at that school there were even degrees within the band of who was a knuckle dragger or not and i clearly i think was part of the knuckle dragging class um but joe was always a great uh musician and he stayed with that for the rest of his life i mean he definitely could have gone to a place where it was much more artsy than the Citadel was in the eighties, but, uh, Joe can't thank you enough for that, uh, recording and how quickly you came up with it. You and your studio musicians. Yeah, so too, he, he, he got it to you in like 10 minutes, didn't uh, he? Literally. It's like, he's like, he's like, it's crazy. I thought he was like Paul McCartney. He was like, I, I got this. Like, I got this. Like, and he was like, <laughs> literally, he was like, I'll get this for you. And I'm like, and, okay. You know, I mean, I'm thinking like it's music it's stuff like, you know, you know, it, this, you're putting it out right. there. Like you got to think about next it. Next day he sends me the file and I'm like, are you kidding me, Joe? This is awesome. And I'm like, and he goes, well, what do you think? And I'm like, I think it's free. So that's cool. And then two, right. <laughs> uh, it sounds really good. You know what I mean? It and, did. It did sound good. And Joe has a, a, a club down here uh, that, you know, when he gives me permission to talk about, it, I'm going to, if you're in Charleston, look him up. His name, uh, Joe Clark, big band or big band, Joe Clark. He's a front man for that and talented piano player you name it, Joe does it, and I can't thank him enough for that great music because uh, what is Thanks, life Joe. without what is, really good. What is life without music anyway? I, 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 I mean, Seriously. I appreciate it, but I didn't even get to finish Quiet. the jam that I was doing on my Casio keyboard that I had I had <laughs> right. put together. Um, right. You know, I right. was I was I was right you there. Couldn't get the I synthesizer. Right, I was you couldn't right get there. the synthesizer. I had, score, I had yeah. the drum right tap. Like couldn't do the bridge. I couldn't get the damn bridge. Yeah, and I lost the owner's <laughs> manual from '88, so I couldn't find. <laughs> I couldn't find. Anything and, and they online. haven't scanned was, any of it to online yet. No, yeah, right. no, it was all it was all YouTube videos, and I'm like, yeah, this just right, isn't right. actually. Right. And I didn't. Right. Where do I put this? <laughs> I recorded it as disc. Where do I put this? And I didn't have the power cord. It takes 12 D batteries. So I, I, I burned through like $80 worth of batteries in two hours. It's just, it was. <laughs> and the FBI came and looked you up because they thought you were making a bomb. You were buying so many batteries. They're like, right. Why are you buying really so many batteries? batteries? Why, why are you buying so many batteries? And you showed it to them and they're like, oh, okay. See ya. Oh, you, oh, you got, well, yeah. The Casio keyboard was under my arm at the, at the hardware store. So. <laughs> <laughs> like the answer the door. No, you know, you actually had it across you like a guitar. The, yeah. And you're I, playing in I, the front and you swing it behind I you. I had like the neck strap, like the band in Revenge of the Nerds. I was holding it like I was standing up straight. Yeah. Right, 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 right. And I was just I, I was just walking around the house with it, like uh 
Poor man, poor man's <laughs> Devo. Poor man's Devo. Oh, which wow. also would be an awesome oh, band name. But yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, obviously, this is Sean. You heard me. Uh, obviously, chime in here right away. I needed to jump right on. Thanking Joe for that great addition to the show and the, uh, you know, the new voiceover in the beginning. We're working on that as well. Um, you can hear the Polish Fog down there from Florida joining us. Yakshimash. Yakshimash. Your uncle Chris is back and helping and doing good things and always got deals. And then obviously, uh, Big Sergeant Scott. Deals. 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 Yeah. Deals. Got deals. Big Sergeant Scott is joining us again for the obligatory put down of the great state of Illinois. So go. Go. The whipping boy. All right. Here's here's my, my latest Illinois rant. So. I went to rent a well. It's not a rant. I mean, you can you you hearing about this all around the country, but in Illinois, I went to uh, rent a car hauler, like a flat car hauler trailer to take a car out actually to Kansas. And it was actually I, I, you just know, a refrigerator is, you were taking out. There? Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, to take the, the doors off to transport it, Scott. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I, so I, I, I'm a couple weeks out from this trip and I, and I'm looking on the U-Haul website and Hey, there's a million, you know, there's plenty of car haulers. Hey, everything's available. There's a couple of U-Haul places around by us. No big deal. Of course I get like sidetracked and it's probably something related to cars and I don't book it. And I, you know, week goes by and I'm thinking, shit, I got to get, I got to get this, I got to get this thing booked. Like I got to move this car out there on a certain date. So I go back on. And, I, and I'm putting in the same exact thing and zero. And now it's like, wait a second. The two big places by my house, they got nothing. The one place next town over, nothing. Five miles north, nothing. And I'm like, what the hell? is? It's, I'm like, there's got to be something going on with the website. And uh, no, it's actually that. So I did find one, but it was like four towns away. So I went, I quick booked that one and, and got it locked in. But I wound up taking the car out, whatever, and I re- and I dropped the trailer off. I'm do- it's, it was a one way. That's the that's the whole point here is that it's one way leaving Illinois. So mm-hmm. the whole thing is is that people are renting all this U-Haul equipment to flee out of this state, and then there's nothing left here. So even the even the two guys that were unhooking the trailer and taking it for me when I got out to Kansas, they were laughing. They're like, "Where?" They're like, "Where'd you come from?" I said, "Oh, just outside of Chicago." Oh, yeah, everybody's coming out this way. I guess you're just leaving it here. You're not going back, right? And I'm like, well, I, I, I'm like, no, unfortunately, I have to go back. But no, the, the trailer will stay here. So that's my... Right, I mean, it's like it's to the point where you're using, like, you know, oxen to pull things out of Illinois right now. It's that bad. Right. People are looking to go, like the Donner Party or something like that. You know, it's funny, like, with U-Haul, I, you know, like, I, I was, like, was fascinated. Obviously, you guys know, make fun of me about history and weird facts and things like that. But the U-Haul, the side of the U-Haul trucks point out these, like, like, did you know this about oh, U- yeah, right, uh, right. Utah? Yeah. Or did you know right. this Different about New states. Mexico? Right. And I was like, I was like, yeah, well, these are kind of, like, safe. They're very, you know, antiseptic. Uh, 
things like, yeah, yeah, do you know that fireflies do this? And I was like, yeah, why don't you like show cool stuff? Like, you know, like U-Haul, Wisconsin, and you show Milwaukee, and it's Jeffrey Dahmer, like, you know, <laughs> eating the guy or something like that. Like, while you're driving, like, like, oh, what? Did I just see that? Like, you know, did, you, did you know? Did you know that Jeffrey Dahmer was a honorably discharged from the United States Army? That's the little fact on the side of it. But it's right. like the of them, like, eating some guy, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it's bashing like a, a dog's head with a rock. He's, he's, he's opening the freezer, and there's a bunch of heads in the freezer. <laughs> like that's the picture on the now side of you all. <laughs> or like I said earlier, like the uh, you know, like the Donner Party, like when they got to the Salt Flats, like the Great Salt Flats, whatever city, whatever uh, states there, and like, like and and there's like a picture of them. Did you know that the thigh is the most tender meat? Uh, of a human uh, kind of a thing like, and, and they got the people sitting around it's eating like, each other you know like the, 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 the cannibals you know, kind of thing. like the old uh, like the like, like the Oregon Trail game and they're like you have died of dysentery it says dysentery, on the side right, of the right, U-Haul right, like right, oh right, right, you have right, died of dysentery right. like oh we almost made it I think I think you it, should come up with and do um uh, uh, some mock-ups of some new marketing, some edgy, like you said, edgier. You want to be edgy? That's, edgier. That's right. edgy right Keep there. My you attention. Want, the same guy Keep that, my attention yeah, while I'm you sitting and put, waiting for seven hours for a flat right. trailer to transport my shit out of Illinois. Right. right. I, mean, I can see you in like, a, in, a, in like a sales pitch meeting at U-Haul and you're, you're right. flipping. Right. You've got your right. different cards <laughs> and like here's the right. card of the Jeffrey Dahmer Wisconsin one. Here's the one. Right. No, he would use an overhead projector. <laughs> here's my slide. Here's my next slide. Right. Here's my next slide. Right. Off, like, you know, Do you have an like, overhead by right. chance for right. this meeting? Right. 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 Um, <laughs> oh yeah. But I mean, it's like uh, you, you think about like what's going on with what people are willing to spend to get out of the state of Illinois. It's crazy. Like, the, uh, well, it is cra- well somebody said that you're, somebody said that. Yeah, but somebody said that there's like allegedly like when you if you mark your Illinois tax return, your final return, or some type of penalty for moving out or something. I didn't look. I mean, uh, I just there was whatever there they, was talk of my, that, and there was, was also worth, there was also I heard this again recently. I don't think it's getting any traction here. Hopefully, but there was talk of Illinois proposing some type of tax that you if you move like for you guys that are collecting pensions out from this state out of state that they were going to basically hit you with like an exit tax because you're going to take your pension and leave the state and go spend your money somewhere else. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully that happen. does not happen in the next <clears throat> two ish years for me. But that, uh, you know, when you, when yeah, you, when no, you hear, it'll, it'll never, it'll, you, but when you hear that, you always got to think, especially in this state, right. if somebody's saying, you know, if you're right. here getting wind of that, it's because somebody has brought that up as, you know, another, Right way to tax. People. Well, the tax code, the, the, yeah, the tax code's clear. Pretty much wherever you get, wherever you make the mainstream of your income, that's where you pay tax. Oh, so that's good. Good luck with that, Democrats. Yeah. It ain't gonna happen, yeah. fuckers. Yeah. I, I, I am not. Why did you mean to, to assume leave? that was Democrats, Chris? Why, why did you, why did you make that? How comment? dare you? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Why did, you, why, why <laughs> did I say that out loud? Why are you saying that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, it just happens it's to be Democratic like right now, one like state. Uh, it's, it's just happens to be the fact that a lot of the blue states, which, you know, blue means not police, but blue means Democrat. Like it, there's pros and cons to everything you look at with that. Like, look, I moved down to a red state, you know, Florida at times can go back and forth like Illinois used to, but, uh, I, it's a 
straight up red state. I mean, there are things that you long for when you leave a blue state. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, people will knock labor unions big time. Like, oh, labor unions, this, they're ruining America. They're doing this. Well, guess what? You know what? I come out of college with a degree in this, and it didn't go to a college that mattered any, any differently from anybody else. Um, uh, there's no jobs in labor unions anymore. It's hard to get them. Or the labor unions are hurting like everybody else to get quality people because we've convinced people, young men particularly, you need a job when you're in your 20s uh, to you know, not go into debt for the rest of your life. And instead, you know, you come out of a college with $250,000 hanging over your head and you're like, uh, discernible skills. Like, like, do you know where the poo goes when you flush the toilet? Ask a young man that that just graduated from college. He's going to be like, down the toilet. What? That's all he's going to tell you. Where do you come up with yeah, these analogies? But, I mean, these, but the, these are the things that you think about. Like, like there are. There, I, I, I'm not saying like I am the true measure of masculinity in any stretch of the imagination, but like you are. Scott you are. and I. Well, you're right. Anyway, yeah, that's the you case. are. We're, we're doomed. You are. Um, I, I weep for the future, um, but. <laughs> Like Scott and I, like when we used to do work in the drug unit together, we had a lot of younger officers that worked, well, particularly everybody's younger than me, but when we worked in that unit, it'd be like, we would, you know, go through the investigation, do what you needed to do. You know, the, the suspect would come and deliver drugs in a car and the car at the time was subject to seizure. Well, when the car had that third pedal in it, probably... 80% of the unit couldn't drive the car away <laughs> from the scene because they're like, what? it's got a third pedal. We need what a is tow. that thing for? Is it like, an, we need a tow. It's like, it's a, it's like, it's a clutch. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're a grown man and you don't know how to drive a clutch. But then I thought about like, the army switched away from that. Like the deuce and a half used to be like a clutch truck. It was great. Like, uh -huh. you know, you're not downshifting or whatever. Everything's an automatic transmission right now. The biggest trucks that they got are that way. But guys don't know how to like ask a guy if he knows how to ride a horse. Like if you had to survive, like if when the electromagnetic pulse finally happens <laughs> and all the battery cars blow up right. and there are no oh cars God. left, right. Or you're waiting for 40 minutes to get there for a, like a 40 minute charge on your Tesla. Uh -huh. And you're like, well, what else can I use? You're like, well, we don't have elephants we can ride on. That seems like it'd be a lot of fun. And like, you can't, you know, mm -hmm. you know, you can't ride rhinoceros. Like it isn't some sort of a, you know, Napoleon dynamite type fantasy. You could ride a horse. Like, could you ride a horse? Could you get a horse ready to run? This is what men just, you know, less than 150 years ago used to do. Men can't do that. Can you change a freaking tire on a car? Oh, and it's just that's like, no, tough, they don't. That's a, like, that's a tough I, one nowadays. I, there's not a lot. Right, of I could, you, but I hire somebody <laughs> to do it. But now you go back to, like I said, what we were talking about originally, like the idea of, you know, how do I make money? What do I do to make money? And the things that are going on, labor unions are now on the, dying on the vine. You come to a red state, it's a right to work state. The right to work state tells you this. Yeah, it's a right to work state. You know what a right to work means? They can end the relationship and you can end the relationship at any time. You as a worker and they as an employee. It's like, well, is there a reason that I could lose my job? No. And they look at you and he's just kind of like, cool. With <laughs> no. them. I'm like, wait a minute. So if you don't like me, I, you can just say you're gone. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's funny. Uh, don't come down here with your Yankee ways. I'm like, what do you mean? Like <laughs> dignity and respect in the workplace? Like having to have cause yeah, before you fire someone? And then the flip side of it is they threaten you with it. And then they never fire anybody for anything. So you're like, yeah, hey, dude, because you, you still have to have. Yeah. I mean, you, you still have some that kind of, you need a You pen. still have to have cause. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, right. But still, it's like when you walk into that and they say to you, like, well, we can fire you for any reason. You're like, wow, okay, cool. I mean, that's, I, I'm not going to give you, I'm going to try not to give you a reason, but what's the reason? And they're like, well, you know. You keep showing yeah, up to work with no pants right. on. We really, yeah, this is kind right, of more right, of a right, pants right. kind of place. <laughs> so, pants, even though, like, uh, day, you Yankees coming down here with pants on and all, don't start. <laughs> you traffic circles and pants. 
and stuff yeah, like big that. Circles. No, but it's, <laughs> and, and, and again, look, look, I don't care what anybody says. Men don't uh, everyone, but I'm just talking about men because there's three men here. Three cops talk is three men talking. And I'm going to say to you, we've gotten away within one generation of saying, do you don't necessarily need to go to college unless college is going to make that much of a difference in your life or what you want to do? They, they say the vast majority of jobs in the United States do not require a college degree for you to have that. So when you come and you see it, a lot of people are going away from it anyway. Right. Absolutely. And and right now, places like my college offer you something so different that it will be worth the money that you spend there. But the bottom line is, is that if you don't like you come into a a job like and you're thinking, well, you know, I'm going to get paid for every hour that I work. Well, if you go into management, that ain't the case. Right. Right. I mean, you guys correct me if I'm wrong. It's a salaried position. You yeah. have the benefits and things like that. You make more money, but you can infinitely make more money as an hourly employee with a skill. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like I said before, the, even the United States Army looks at it and says, well, there's officers and then there's the enlisted. And then there are these guys in the middle that we call warrant officers, which are they're in charge of things, but it's much more technical things than they are of people. And that's kind of like where cops are. It's like that job of like you come into this and everybody says you're coming into this. No, and you're not getting rich. It's like, yeah, but it doesn't mean that I can't make good money or shouldn't make good money doing this. This is an important job. And you know, why I'm going with this is that recently, uh, if you've been paying attention to any police related stuff, there's a big thing, at least that should be, you know, important to cops, at least to pay attention to in Kentucky, Louisville, the Louisville SWAT team, uh, in 2016 filed a lawsuit about on-call money. Basically what on-call means. We're here to talk to that about people with what that means. Like, you know, People that work in the business sector might go, oh, I'm always on call. My phone's always going off. I'm not getting paid for that. Um, you know, and then, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that. But the idea that, you know, if you're on call, what does that actually mean within our profession? What does that mean within our profession, within certain jobs? And then, you know, what does that mean to cities that are struggling to make ends meet financially? Um, and, you know, all these pay incentives to attract police officers are are things that are difficult. So that being said, what had happened in 2016 was that the Louisville Police Department, the SWAT officers, you know, you're you're an on-call team. Like there was half the team was on call, half the team was not. And then during that time, that two-week period, you could actually, you know, go do things, be social, you know, uh, you know, do whatever, get the finish your sleeve tattoo. You know what I mean? You could do that. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, that yeah. Done. Grow get your, your mustache. shock watch Learn a handshake. repaired. Right, you know, right. See what kind of uh, RMR is uh, the, the most recent one that you bought since the one you got last week. You know, mm-hmm. all those things you get to do. Um, shave 511 your head catalog. Again. You know what I mean? Yeah. 511 catalog. Thumb through the, fi- <laughs> thumb <laughs> thumb through the 511 catalog. Yeah. Right, right. And watch <laughs> countless, <laughs> countless videos on YouTube of instructor zebra or whatever the guy's name is that's telling you like this is what you can do if you're shooting involved in an officer involved shooting is like i could never do that i should never do that either but um you you have to have the yellow glasses on though when you're doing it right you have to have the yellow glasses it's like yeah (laughs) yellow glasses are the rose colored glasses that officers wear when they're shooting (laughs) it just lets them see that they're not really shooting that much better that's all it is like but the, the yellow glasses did nothing other than i can see i missed yeah. Quicker. See, yeah, I, I knew something thing. was wrong because um, I was always wearing the Babe Winkleman glasses. So I didn't shoot right, any right, better, right. but I could see a fish <laughs> seven feet down in clear water. So <laughs> it's never, you it's, know. If you're shooting that fish, it's the offset. Remember the parallax? You right. Offset. Remember, the, offset. remember the offset, offset when you hit the top you'll of the water. It. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get it. You'll get there. Here's another, get there. here's another three boxes of ammo. You'll get it. Go ahead and go for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you'll get it. Sorry. Well, sorry. I, my I, job. I, don't. You, you. Do not question my training, Padawan. Do not question. Anyway. Yeah. 
Do you see the knife on the inside of my clip to the inside of my pocket? Right, right, exactly. That means right. something. I hold have on, two. I'm gonna of take that. this, bra. What's up? Hold on, hold on. I, I hold. On, I'm gonna take this, bra. What's up? Can you just get the Bearcat? We're on our way. <laughs> anyway, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Everybody in SWAT That's, hates me now. Yeah, right. They uh, come I was on. In SWAT they for they, they love it. They know. We all joke right. about that. Um, but you know, it, it, but uh, in, in like 17 years, we were kind of always considered on call. I was a SWAT officer, like I said, for, for, uh, 17 years. And you know, our stance was, and we were pro union Illinois. That was like, you know, you don't get paid for that. You just need to be on call. You need to be prepared. You need to come in. Now there was not like any really strict rules and guidelines. It's just, you had to be ready, whatever that means per the general order. And that if you, you know, had been drinking <laughs> or engaged means. in something that you, yeah, right. But, Per, per, you know, the rules, like obviously, you you know, your alcohol level should be null, none. Um, uh, some places are like, you know, if you're a zero two or a zero four, you theoretically could come in. I, I never wanted to, you know, test, test that, that theory. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, I shoot better when I'm drunk. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I, 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 you know, I just went 17 years without, you know, good portion that we get pages like, Hey, get ready. Something sounds like it's cracked off in patrol. I'm listening mm-hmm. to the radio or the patrol sergeant called the SWAT commander. You guys be ready. It's like, all right, well, we're going to go to this play or we're going to go to dinner. Now I can't, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go to the dinner because up North, a lot of us didn't have cars, you know, down right. South and other regions of the country officers are awarded or part of their benefits per pay packages is actually having a, you know, a vehicle, uh, that you could respond mm-hmm. code with. Now I got to, take my personal car, ride really fast to get back to my house to get my other car, or I have to take two cars with me. Those are all like, oh, wah, kind of sacrifices. But you get used to it after a while. It would yeah. be nice to be compensated for that. But from a SWAT perspective, you come into the work, I think, largely knowing that, hey, this is what we got to do. And their actual chief, Louisville's chief, fought it, fought it, and they actually they won. The, the, just about a week ago, or within the last week or two, um, the court ruled and said a 12-person ju- jury said that ain't you know so know what were the they were they the were they sucks. trying to get i i hadn't read the story and i know you were filling us in on it but i hadn't read what what were they actually looking for was it for all like so there are two on they're two weeks on two weeks off essentially right like two weeks on call two weeks available on call so right i mean they're still they doing their just, regular jobs or whatever right but were they just so what were they looking for like some type of compensation, like a couple hours a day for being on call or just like a flat, like a, like, and we'll get into it, like what kind of different things on call entails, but were, was it was it like a daily thing or just a set number of hours for the, the time? Well, that they, I mean, were on I, call? they must, uh, the article didn't really say like break it down calculation wise. Okay. It said it would have resulted in millions of dollars to be paid to officers. That was like, it would almost be like, you know, from, from our experience with the unions is that, your contract ends, but the city doesn't agree with the union on it. And then you get back to paid for it. Well, this would have been millions of dollars for SWAT guys. It would have been obviously for a select group because, you know, of cities that have 50,000, uh, 50,000 people in them or more about 80% of those cities have their own SWAT teams and don't rely on other teams for that. So that's a pretty right. good percentage of people that if the trend was set with that cities could, that, that could financially harm them. Like, we're seeing more and more reasons to have a SWAT presence there because of, you know, some of the things we saw. We'll talk about that with Scott here in a minute. But the idea of this was like, I was thinking like, you know, it's really weird because you sit there and you go, man, that would have been nice to be able to get paid for that. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it would have been cool to be able to get paid to be on call. 
Um, but All right, it but, didn't but, happen I mean, for we, me. So the other side of me goes, for 17 years, I didn't get it. So what are you guys bitching about? You know what I mean? So, right. But I, I, I don't want to take anything away from those guys. I don't. There could be dynamics to this that the media doesn't cover that I don't understand. Um, but you could well, see the, where a chief would come out and say, I don't think sitting by a phone, like she said, was is actually work. Yeah. Well, and then the flip side of that is like the on-call that we did for many years and you did when we were in investigations and, you know, the way our agency would work is we, there's a rotation. All the detectives are on a rotation. We don't have detectives that work every single weekend, um, you know, 24, right. 24, seven detectives work different hours throughout the week so that there's coverage for all the different things that are going on, but we don't, we don't have detectives that work weekends and, it, will that be something maybe in the future? You, you know, you never know. It just depends on the volume of things. But what what what, what our on call was, like we did, was the weekends were basically starting ten o'clock at night on a Friday until eight o'clock in the morning on Monday. You have a couple detectives on call. Something big happens. Something in patrol that requires some you know immediate follow up, or you have someone in custody on a on a violent case. Uh, violent felony case or something like that, um, suspicious death. I mean, there's a there's a variety of things, and then what happens is you're on call for that weekend, and you basically have to have your your work phone available to you for that entire time, and it never fails. Of course, that you get a call. You know, you're not getting a lot of calls at one o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday. You're getting them at two o'clock in the morning on you know Friday or Saturday night, and then. You know, our detectives, we get compensated for that with with just a flat amount of overtime for being on call. If you got called in, then that would increase the overtime. But again, you're still, I think, in the long run, paying less as, as an agency, as a city, if you're just having those detectives on call versus what it would be costing you to have them there, like, you know, for coverage seven days a week. I'm, you know, and that's... That's always been the yeah, debate. I mean, it's always so that's much, how it's been as long as it, we were there. From a financial standpoint, I think it's just easier to stomach when the detective's not there for eight to ten hours bitching about how stupid patrolmen are, as opposed to he can do it from his house, you know, in his underpants. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? That's kind of thing. Like, that was my favorite move. It was like, oh, we got the on call coming. I'm like, oh, okay, so we're gonna do. Oh, stand here, secure the scene, whatever. Keep the log, do whatever. And then I, and I would go like, oh, at what point do you want me to log the annoyed detective showing up, letting me know how stupid he was, even <laughs> though like last week he was doing the same job that I was doing here right, and probably right. wasn't even doing it as effectively as I was. It's like, that was always like, you're on call, dude. You're getting paid a premium rate. What are you pissed off about? Look, I'm sorry that somebody right, decided right. to do something strange on a weekend. Nobody does stupid shit on weekends because, right. you know, and I'm sorry that nobody it's drinks two in on the, the morning weekend. on a Saturday. You know? Yeah, right. I'm really sorry about that. And that wasn't everybody. It usually, well, no. uh, it was a mix. It, it didn't, it didn't discriminate. It did not discriminate. That attitude did not discriminate when somebody showed up. Like, look, no. I was always like back to the SWAT thing. Like when we got called in, it was like, oh my God, we're getting a chance to do our job. You know, the thing we train mm -hmm. and train and train and train for. So we were always jacked up about it. But, uh, you know, some of the detectives were like, man, I just dealt with this shit for 60 hours this week. And now I'm on call and no one would switch out with me. So mm -hmm. now I've got to handle this call that maybe, you know, somebody on the road could have maybe stepped up and did a little bit more other than, you know, you guys are interrupting my fantasy picks. Can I, uh, can I get do the on call? Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, 
could you have done a little more work on the this? I mean, it, it's all subject to abuse. It's all subject to fraud and abuse, obviously, that. And a lot of cities have conquered that and municipalities have tried to conquer that. But the bottom line is, is that, you know, being on call is like you have to be ready to go. And, yeah, you know, what other job out there, you know, firemen work. 24-hour shifts, if they're on call, it's usually because something really, really bad has happened as far as I know, right. unless you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on that. And, and again, I'm I've sure never heard other... of a fireman on call. But are you saying that to be funny or is that just true? It's funny. No, it's but true. It's, I've, it's never true. Okay. You're funny. No, I've never heard it. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Funny. No, I've never heard of a fireman on uh-huh. call. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I'm just saying. Like, heard... what, now, what did it mean to be an on-call as a canine, Chris? Like you were canine for the vast majority of your career with us and they were like yeah he's the on-call canine and i'm like well i I never i was okay cool that's good to know like but what did that mean because i I was like sometimes you'd be talking to me like i gotta go bro they're they're calling for me up in this municipality that wasn't even ours and i was like can you explain that to our listeners a little bit about what it means yeah so for us it was we we would we did it by month so we we picked on call by month and then what i would do is i I had relationships with um, canines all around, you know, every, all around our city. So I had a, um, I had a network of people I could go to because I don't. You I mean you cannot tell your family you're not doing anything for a month or whatever. Plus, we never were paid for that time. <clears throat> um, but it was my responsibility. So what would happen is when I would, if I were to get a call, I'd be like, hey, if I could go, I'd go. If not, I'd be like, hey, I know so and so is on today. I would get everybody's schedule. So and so call so and so call so and so call so and so, and that's that's kind of like the way the way we worked it. Um, and then if I was working and I was off um, when I got off, because I would feed the dog at the end, and the, they would have to call the other handlers because you know you got to let the dog you know so the, they don't get bloated, the stomach doesn't turn. Mm-hmm. You got to give them so much time off to 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 digest your food and stuff like that. So. Um, my, my on-call was different. We should I never get that written in our contracts though as cops. We should, sorry to interrupt. We should yeah, get that I, that, yeah, <laughs> So that, I don't blow. I can't, yeah. Uh, so I just, I just digestion ate. time. Right, right. I'm going to get blown right. here. I can't, I can't work and I can't <laughs> swim. I can't swim and I can't work, and right? Sur- yeah, and this, yeah. For 30 like, minutes, so. Know, and then the sergeant's like, you know, the cramp <laughs> yeah, only lasts me, like seven minutes, not seven years. You can actually start working again. May it help if you don't eat a box of fucking donuts every day too. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. No, so I mean, I never really, I mean. For me, I knew I it was the way I looked at it was it was my responsibility to help out the agency as best I can. But in the same token, they also knew that since I wasn't really what we call paid on call, which was like, hey, you have to be ready to right. go right yeah. now. They knew that that wasn't, and that's the way I look at. It. I mean, if they're if you're on call and you're getting paid to be on call, that means you can get called in at any second. You've got to go. There's nobody else. And I and I and I get that. Right. I get and, that. But and there's some, for us, yeah. it was just yeah, different. Yeah, because yeah, you know, there's different, different variables uh, in that. Like we've all done, we've all had that kind of on call where it's that where it's just like you do a, you do a specialized thing within the department, and so mm-hmm. you know that if something significant happens, you're probably going to be getting called. But it's not the same as like what we were talking about detectives that are on call for the weekend or like. For me, as a supervisor, an investigation supervisor on call for the weekend, so I'm on the same, like, this is my weekend, so I'm on the same schedule as the detectives are. Now, my job is much easier in that I really only have to get, I take the initial calls from whoever calls me from patrol, kind of figure out what it is that they have going on, 
and then make a decision, you know, do I need to send somebody in or not? Talk to the detective that's going to go in and try to give them a heads up on what's going on. And then obviously get updates as the as it goes along when once they go in so that I can relay up the chain of, of what it is that's going on. The only Yeah, but if it's a homicide or oh, something yeah. serious, you're going yeah, anyway. Right. If it's I yeah, mean that's it would, but so still I mean right. well, you you're should there. you should there to there's cases people can talk to, right? It's like, well, what do you right. need me for? I mean, well, you, you're there to disseminate information and, right. and, and send out resources and stuff. But ultimately, ultimately, if 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 the worst case scenario happens that while you're on call, you're going to be probably the first one to go anyway. Right. So even though it's my like, even though I'm not going in, it's a pretty slim chance of going in. I still basically look at it like that's how I figure out my <laughs> on call weekend is like I know that I need to work around whatever it is. You know, I'm going to be available. I'm not going out of town, doing anything crazy like that. So that if something does happen, obviously I'm around. I remember when Scott right. got I mean, promoted and, I just think- and he moved into investigations, he was like, yeah, I'm the on-call sergeant right now. And he was so into it. One time, I, you know, I was still working <laughs> the street myself before I retired, and uh, he showed up to a call with his lobster bib on. That's how quickly he wanted to get there. <laughs> and I was like, that's, that's dedication right there. That's, that's dedication. dedication. <laughs> yeah, he had the lobster bib <laughs> on. And it wasn't like from Red Lobster. Right. It was like a real restaurant. And he got there that yeah. quickly. I'm like, how much right. was the lobster? I don't even check. It's seasonal. Like, I, I don't like I'm check. making so yeah. much money being on call so much. Like, and I had the, sh- I had the champagne bucket. I had the champagne bucket on the yeah. passenger seat. But it was like seat belted in with the ice. And I'm like, I didn't want to open this because, you know, I can't be drinking. I'm on call. So just what do we got here? I'll wait to pop this until we're done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The guy was table side making your Caesar salad. And he's like, where'd he go? <laughs> Where do, you where, where, where do you go? <laughs> anyway, anyway, but I mean, but that's the point of it. You're making premium money when you're doing that. You're not making a standard rate. You're not making your standard hourly rate when you're on call in most agencies. Now, I can't speak for every agency in America, you know, as to or even the world for that matter. Do you is there some form of compensation for you? But generally, the agreement is if you are there and you're required to come in at a time that you're not, no matter what you're doing, court. We even had court standby, which is probably the thing that yeah. most is most common to officers. Like, hey, you may get called in this afternoon based upon the way that it was going into court. That the way that used to work was, and I, I'm not knocking the system, but at least in Illinois, it was like, oh, I'm just going to get paid to sit in my house. You know what I mean? That's exactly what it was because they were like, yeah, we got the officer. It's ready to go. It's in court. The state's attorney's going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the judge goes, well, they're coming in. The cop's coming. And then the guy goes, all right, well, I guess they got everybody we're going to plea. So then yeah. they pled and we didn't need to come in. You got X amount of hours just to be called to be there. So I think the vast majority of officers in America at least have had some experience with, hey, you're on court standby. Yeah. What used to suck was when like the, the, the pros and cons of, of, of on call was if I work midnight shift, I'm on call at a time when the rest of the world is normally working, which means that I can't be sleeping if I just worked, which right. kind of sucks. Right. Um, but if you're working days, you're like, hey, I'm up and about with everybody else, but I'm going to probably get called in on a day that I'm actually working. And I'm right. not getting straight. I'm only getting straight time for that. So, it, it, I mean, people have to understand how this incentivizes and de-incentivizes, if that's a word, for people well, like think, for motivation. Think about how it was. Right. Remember, remember the days of you're working midnights. This is a problem that, you know, not a problem. I mean, you're getting paid. But this is what you would run into as an officer is, hey, I work 12-hour midnight shifts. And this week I'm working uh, Wednesday night and Thursday night. And Thursday, I'm on call from, let's say, 11 o'clock in the morning till 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So 
I'm, right. I go home Wednesday, you know, I go home Thursday morning at the end of shift, say 5.30, 6.30 in the morning. Now I'm going to try to sleep. I know I got to have my phone on so that it's going to wake me up because if I get that call from the state's attorney or from someone at the PD that says, hey, they're going to need you for court this afternoon, because typically the trials were in the afternoon, now you got to... Now you got to get up. So, so say you're on call from 11 to 1. You get that call at 11, 30, 12 o'clock. They're telling you, hey, um, yes, you are going to be needed for a trial this afternoon. And next thing you know, you're getting up, you know, on three hours of sleep, getting ready, going in. And you got to be sharp enough to go into court and testify to whatever it was. You know, hopefully it's maybe not something. Yeah. Significant, but you got to be <laughs> at least somewhat rested and sharp to go in and testify to whatever that is. And on occasion, they go till so long in the afternoon that you didn't even have time to go back home and sleep again. So that's the thing, you know, that we we've all run into over the years. It's you, the the dreaded, you know, call in when you're in the middle of your midnight shift days. But it does happen from time to time. Now we would obviously our agency, if if you had been doing that you would be able to get time to go home and rest before you then started your shift that night. If you hadn't had enough rest, you would be allowed to mm-hmm. come in late or whatever it was, you know, per, per the rules that we had about how much sleep you needed to get and work. Yeah. But you wouldn't get paid for it. You'd have to burn time. Right. They wouldn't give it to right. you. Right. So yeah, it was. <clears throat> yeah. A lot of people yeah. listen to this and go, yeah, you guys, that's real. sounds really rough. Those, the conveniently, those big money bags look just like pillows when you're going to sleep on those things. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And I, I could attest to that. Um, but the other thing is to be honest with you, I mean, from a, from a business standpoint, we all know that a lot of government agencies don't run as efficiency as they should. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's just face it. I mean, we have, you know, we had, you know, so many people in, in investigations that are investigating every broken window. Well, that guy or that girl could be out on the road, you know, you get having a better presence and relieving people so they don't have to even work overtime or, mm-hmm. or not as much overtime, or they can relieve people so they can get their rest. I mean, I just think that from an efficiency standpoint, I think that if most of the departments were going to hire somebody, i.e. me, uh, as a consultant to streamline business expenses and stuff like that, they would see the vast majority of the money that they're wasting and, and the more efficient they could be with their people. How is it? How, yeah, how, I mean, how I, do they do it down in Florida with uh, our agencies? Is it similar to like how it th- things are back here or no? No. So basically if you're off and you get called into court, uh, you go to court, you know, it's a, and it's basically on overtime, um, but it's not uh, standard. So if, if for example, Tuesday's your court date, mm-hmm. Um, you'll know ahead of time because they have to subpoena you here for everything. Because right. Tuesday happens the same time every week, right? <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. But but little the, known but fact they about Florida, you, though, though. The thing about the little little known fact about Florida is that every agency in Florida has to take a turn of providing officers to the Magic Kingdom to guard Walt Disney's <laughs> frozen head. <laughs> right. Do you know that? It's like that's a, you get to tap in all that money right. they pull down. Like it's that's amazing. exactly yeah. exactly right. it. It's it's crazy. They're, they're, right. they're posted at each end of the cryogenic chamber, just in, in uniform, right, right, just, exactly. just standing yeah, yeah. at parade, like at parade it's like rest. It's, that's right. like Lenin's <laughs> Lenin's tomb. And I th- I think right. they secretly have figured out a way to reanimate Walt Disney, but the police like lobby in Florida is so strong they won't let it happen. If you bring it <laughs> right, back to life, we're right. going to lose out on all those overtime. You work in the keys, buddy. Don't you care? No, no, right. no. It's paying for my kids' no. college. No, but I, yeah, but down here you got to be subpoenaed, so there is no on call. So there, you got to really? be subpoenaed for every case, so you know exactly when you're up, so you know exactly when your cases are coming. But again, so why doesn't Illinois 
if Illinois adopted that, you know how much money they would save on overtime alone? Yeah. Right. I so think in it's court just, it's in just South different. Carolina, it's like I'm going to be like that Cousin Vinny movie, like the youth right, and, right. and the way I talk and stuff like they're going to be like, oh, my God. Right. He's innocent <laughs> simply because you have overwhelming facts that he's not, but you're a Yankee, so get out. He's innocent. <laughs> right. Like, right. What? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> right. Place of origin. You can't well, do that. Had, you can't yeah, do well, that. Yeah, we, well, I mean, we had, we had talked about, you know, guys down here, you know, about unions and stuff like that and you know the right the right to work state or whatever you call it and really i mean i think for for me when you're talking about on call and union benefits and that kind of stuff i mean there's stuff that you have to get used to but -hmm. ultimately here it is a right to work state but they just can't they have to fire you for cause so everybody gets that right to work state which basically means is that if you make a mistake they can fire you but Usually, it's a significant mistake where most people would go, yeah, you're probably right anyway. So mm-hmm. they just can't come up and say, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm just not feeling you. So you're, you, you're, you know, you're, you're going to go. You just, yeah, you can't do that. Right. Right. So well, I, mean, yeah, there's the uh, debate I just, of the, I just like, don't think the people. Sorry, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'll go fix ahead. this in post. I had to say <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, anyway. Um, but, you know, they say that about 80% so of the cops in the United States are unionized. And there's a lot more to it other than just pay. Pay is good. Don't get me wrong. Like, you sh- like when you're in a police union or a public safety or a public sector union, they say, you know, the right demonizes those groups of people all the time. But it's like, all right, well, I've come to a state where it's dominated by the right. And I say to myself, like, you know, you, you know. You don't want to be the guys that everybody else in America is watching videos about. Like, don't do this. This can happen to you as a police officer. And I, I think there's some pros and cons to both. You have a lot more freedom to move about freely from agency to agency down here. So if something really isn't working out for you, whether it be because you just don't like the the agency, you know, the agency doesn't like you, uh, you know, you want to make more money, you want to go somewhere else, whatever. It's not as hard. Like in a union environment, you've got to worry about how is this going to hit my pension? If it hits my pension, if I'm not vested in all these other things, what do I got to do to make that? Now, that doesn't seem to be making people, a lot of people not consider that in Illinois movement because you guys talked about that at great length. But there are some pros and cons. So the other thing is, is it is kind of cool to have a take-home car for people. Like it's like, hey, it's another means of an expense that I don't have to worry about if that works Mine's for me awesome, in my right? life. And, you know, everybody will say, oh, you make so much less in the South because this, but it's like any other job. And I know this is a corny anecdotal setting, but, but if you literally like what you're doing, you will be rich doing it. But in the same sense, you also won't mind working to do it. And you'll also be a good representative of the job. So in the South, although I joked about a lot of the things down here, cause it's simpler or whatever, it's not really like everybody knows what they need to do to be able to hustle and make up for what it is because right. But we're down cops. Everybody's down cops. So if like you want to work, you can get overtime details on shifts. You can get overtime details working special events and things like that. It's just that do you think the private business owner that puts his own butt on the line every time doesn't have to be up at 2 o'clock in the morning dealing with something? Or he worked overnight because a pipe broke in his business and that he's got to like be there the next day in the morning to – you know, uh, H&H bagels, like that happened with Kramer that time. You know what I mean? Like you got to be there and you got to be, we're on you got to be doing what you're doing. Right. We're on strike. That's not a holiday. Yeah. But still, um, but you know what though? But here's the thing though. You're making, you're making, you know, I guess up there, the starting pay was like another 10 grand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where we're at now. So what the 10 grand down here, um, in certain areas, your, your cost of living is less. I got a take home car and I have people that will prosecute and people that will back the police. And the other unless, thing is, is at what forget, point you have, it, you, you have, you have Bucky's truck stops down here too. 
Have you ever gone? <laughs> yeah, to and at what ever? point? At what point? At what point is also Illinois going to just going to say, "Hey, you you can't make ninety dollars an hour as a policeman. You can't make ninety dollars an hour as an HVAC. It's just it, it it's it's the it's the economics of it. At some point, you're just going to have to say, we just can't, you just can't, can't do it. Yeah. No, but you know, but I'd rather give up the 10 grand and have people back me and prosecute people that right. I bring, that, that I bring to, that I bring to jail. Data mine. Uh, but again, it's a matter of economics too. Some people would say, and I could really use that 10 grand right now because gas is four fifty, and you know, insurance is this and my kids need that. And this costs more product and goods there. And you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a balance in what you're picking out. It's just that, you know, that case in Louisville, I was like, man, it would have been nice to get paid for that. But could you imagine if that was the trend? Most cities would be like, because cities have to respond. I mean, municipalities have to respond. They say, all right, well, if that's the case, we're not going to have a full-time SWAT team, which is a whole lot less beneficial to your development and career as an officer than mm-hmm. that fatter check that you get for being on overtime. Again, I'm not blaming those but guys. Even on that one, but, but even in even that one, Sean, how are you going to afford a 24-hour t- SWAT team when people are on call? That doesn't even make any sense. That, that, that economically doesn't even make sense. The Priorities, lawsuit is stupid. Is Let's just call it what it is. It's stupid. Uh, you know, I look, I, I would say anything else. I don't know what all the conditions were that surrounded why the Louisville, Kentucky SWAT team guys decided to do that. Half the team decided to do that. It was fought. They lost a 12-person jury in a state like Kentucky, which is Kentucky's that no-man land where it's part north, part south. Like, I'm going to get it. Like, Kentuckians are going to kill me for saying that. But the bottom line is, is that Kentucky is literally more south than it seems to be north, to me at least. And it was they were in a union and and they lost a twelve person jury came back. Now that doesn't mean they can't appeal it and move forward. Their chief uh, categorically fought it. I think when you're talking about a team as big as a SWAT team, that could become very financially strapping. I would much rather have better gear. I would much rather have better training than going, right. oh, man, every time I'm on call, I get paid. Because we know the game. You don't get called. Like if you worked in a town where you were getting called out as a SWAT team, like literally every day, you'd be like. I don't want to work. I mean, they, they, in Fallujah, when that was happening, they told guys, all right, after nine months, you get to go home and decompress for two years before you come back to this kind of crap right. every single day. So there are pros and cons to both of it. I'd say you know, for some people that have some really specialty skills, like you're talking about a detective that has to come in and handle a case because of staffing on the street or the specialty skills for that. I don't mind paying people to sit on their bus waiting for the phone to call because guess what usually happens? The phone rings and they got to go in. Like they right. know, like, hey, this is my weekend right. on call, and the rest of the world doesn't cater to what I, when I picked this six months ago, or I was picked for it six months ago. So I, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, so again, I'm playing the no, man in the I middle agree. thing. I, if no, but if you if you if you are told, hey, you're on call this weekend. If something happens, you have to come or you have to coordinate it. So therefore, you can't drink, you can't partake, you have to be ready to go, you have to come in. I think right. you should be paid. But just because that you're on a SWAT team. And you can get called at any time. What are you going to do? Sit home and stare at your phone twenty four seven or right. whatever sixteen seven when you're not working. Well, that, that, no, that, that doesn't even make any is, sense. You're and, posting and, pictures of yourself working out and putting them on Instagram and Facebook. And plus, um, and, 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 and plus, and plus, the other thing is, and plus, the other thing is now you, what, the, the way we're being trained. If you, to, in my opinion, working down here, we have a full time SWAT team. They are busy all the time taking care of business. Uh, and guess what? The remainder of us are trained because sometimes you don't have time to wait right. for SWAT. TCB and they're TCB so, and man. TCB is crew. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think I just think that I just think that when you start doing this kind of stuff, the way policemen are being trained now um, to react to stuff and handle stuff, the whole CIT, CQB, whatever. I mean, if you if you don't have a full time SWAT or a shared full time SWAT team and people are doing this and it's like everything else like canine and stuff, you can't you're not gonna be able to pay people. It's not gonna be financially or fiscal responsible well, and another, if you pay these people 
you know, to, to sit, to, to, to just do what, you know, wait. Well, and, and like we, we talked about this just before we, we got started that now in, in light of things that have been happening around the country and, and attacks on people and events and things like that, I know at least just for us, part of our discussion going forward is that we are going to increase our personnel and especially some of that highly trained, you know, personnel. And so it's like the, the cost, you know, I, 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 and again, I don't know all the details of this full-time on-call SWAT thing, but you know, the, the cost of policing, unfortunately we hear every day, everything is skyrocketing in price, cars and food and gas and everything else. Well, police services, unfortunately are going to be subjected to that as well, because the more, tragic events that we have, the more we have to keep refocusing on what we do to keep people safe and to staff, um, you know, parades and, and special events and fests and all the, I mean, just imagine all the things that go on all year long, all around the country. And, and, you know, people are, people are on edge, unfortunately at times. And some of the cost, just like everything else is going to be I think additional police resources and, and at least a look at, at some of these different things and, and seeing what needs to be added and what is going to make people safe, but not make it overly, you know, overly policey feeling. Right. And here's the other thing. Now, when you put that stuff out for special events and everything else, it goes by seniority, not by qualification. Right. Right. So well, unless, but I, but there are some circumstances, Scott. You probably can speak to this better than anybody else. Where they're like, there, there is a specific skill that we're looking for here for that. Um, you know, yeah. like if we used to do marathons and the SWAT team would be out as a presence for that many people. It's just like we got the guys in the blues and they're intimidating as well. I get it, but then also the idea of like snipers being up and being trained and knowing like how far shot would be and their Overwatch skills and things like that. They'll specifically request those type of those folks to be there. Um, you know, it's it's a point where it's like, you know, cause prohibitive. Like we were in Afghanistan for how many years? 17, 10? I don't know. It was like over a decade. And people will tell you at the end of it, what did we really solve? We left a bunch of gear there and that's trillions of dollars probably. And we gave back the place we fought so hard for back to some of the same very people, is it? Now that's a layman's approach to it. I'm sure there's people that in the, you know, the CIA and special operations community and all sorts of other places like the state department that would say, you know, you're just a simpleton. You don't really know what all that cost really means for our security. What are your big, bigger things, whatever. Cause did we ever imagine that, um, we'd be fighting the Taliban after we armed them to defeat the Russians during the cold war? No. So who knows? Maybe there are things going on like that, but in modern America right now, and probably a lot of other places, uh, you know, westernized nations say westernized democracy type nations, Police costs are going to go up. You have fewer people doing it. You have more and more people acting out violently against their government. And you need these resources there just as a deterrent. Like, you know, you're not walking around an event where there's 30 people, 30,000 people walking around on the ground with an M4 strapped to your chest. And I've done this going, man, I hope I get to shoot somebody today. All you think about is, God, I don't want to shoot anybody today because if I miss and these rounds and the way they work and the way they travel, could mess up people that I have no intent of wanting to do that with. So, and again, it's not, oh, well, it was me, whatever. It was, it was more of a presence thing. And it's the idea that is making people feel safe, but we're on this path right now where mental health is a big issue. You know, gun issues are a big problem. 
Fewer cops are coming out and doing it. A lot of people are aging out of it. It takes time to become a proficient SWAT officer. You can't just walk off the street and say, I want to be SWAT. You got to take some time to do that. And then you've got all of the other things that have to be done in the process. You can't be a SWAT guy directing traffic at a corner. And if something cracks off, you got to be able to respond to save lives and neutralize. But some of them should be. Well, yeah, but yeah, I'm not saying that's not the case either. But the bottom line is, is that if you're there on that mission, you can't be doing both. Like, oh, well, I can direct traffic, but if something goes wrong, I can right. break from here and get there in time, even though I haven't qualified in two years. That, that, that's not the role for any of this. And uh, I think it was it was an interesting see, thing to see that this happened in 2016 before a lot of this really bad stuff started happening. And it finally made it to court where it got in front of a jury and the jury, like, I'd be interested to see like, what was the makeup of the jury that thought that, or is any jury of 12 people right now that are not police officers going to say, what are you guys crying about? Everybody's suffering out here. I mean, was it that part of it? Like, I, I don't know, like a lack of right. sensitivity because it was Louisville and what happened down there with Breonna Taylor, like that kind of crap. But did that play a factor in it, which is not right and not fair either. Um, and it's like, you know, Sooner or later, we're going to have to wake up as a nation and go, what is the real price for good policing? And we can't keep doing it the way we're doing it. There, it has to be cost prohibitive uh, to like everybody shaking down a system. You know what I mean? Like all the cops know if I do this and I do this and I do this, I can be overtime and I can time it and I can set my court dates. And guys were like really calculated about it. And the cases you were looking at that they were doing it with, you were like, this is garbage, dude. You know it is. This is a garbage case. Like, you're just doing it because you you could do it. It's not, and you were that was a way for you to make money. And 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 like we all know guys that did that. And you know, I mean, I, I think to me, I'm just gonna this is what I talk about. SWAT was never about being more compensated for it, it was being better trained and being part of something that I could help other cops with. That's how I looked at it. Right. Oh, how noble of you. It was nice when I got that fat check when I was on a call out till four o'clock in the morning and the snow was piling up on the top of my helmet and I was going, God, I wish I wasn't here standing here this close to a guy that's going to bust out of here. We may have to shoot him, you know, kind of thing. It was like, but right. at the same time, it was like, who else is getting this experience and how can I put a price tag on that? So I'm not speaking for everybody on call, but that was just my thoughts on that. Yeah. Mm. Well, I just think that, you know, at, at some point you have to take this job and, you know, the, the, the experience you get, the training you get and, you know, to get paid all the time and you take, you do this to help people too. And to, to, to think that you're going to get paid 24, seven, 365 is just, it, it does, it just doesn't make any sense. And, and then I think municipalities also have to start looking at it, being more fiscal responsible and, you know, holding right. people accountable for the money they spend. True that. True that. Scott, you how about you? Uh any any thoughts from a, a thrifty Norwegian? <laughs> that's the name of my antique store. So I might that's a thrifty that's Norwegian. A, the, the thrifty Norwegian. <laughs> yeah. That's right, a great right. that's a great time right, to plug that too right now. So Right, um, right. Yeah, no, I just, you know, I, I just, I look at you it from... You see their collection of uh, saltwater-affected <laughs> glass. It's so nice. You can, they have tons of it there. It's right, really right. Yeah. I brought, I brought all my... spirit catchers. I, I brought all my old uh, precious moments and, and uh, Hummels there right, as well. Right, right, right. Hummels. Right, right, right. Yeah, I actually display a special one each month. Um, right. The, uh, no, I mean, I just, you know, it was interesting to hear what these guys proposed on that. And yeah, I think... There are some times where people, you know, it's a stretch with what it is when you're talking about, I, I get it. We want to be compensated for our work and we should be, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't, but there are sometimes just some things that you do in a variety of different specialty positions that maybe not every minute of every time, you know, are, are you getting paid for? That's just kind of comes with the, 
and 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 you know what? And good good supervisors and good organizations out there, they recognize that. So even though you're not being monetarily compensated for it, I think that's something that that good leaders see that, hey, that guy's not doing this because he's expecting to get paid for every second of what it is that they're doing. And and those things I think they sometimes bring you other benefits down the road. So that's that's one way to look at it. But um yeah, I mean we've we've we I've been in positions of you know, being on call and all these different types of things that you do and get paid. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes you're exhausted, but that just comes with the job. So I think, uh, you know, those guys will have to see me. They're going to have to make a different approach down there, but glad we were able to just shed a little light on kind of what it meant it for us and what happens in our, in our, our different agencies and, and how that works. When you said specialized position, did you mean, uh, bagpipe band police bagpipe band drummer did you mean that by chance i mean i didn't want to sing i'm gonna, I'm gonna any- come clean right now and in, in front of the whole world i shook that system down no one you, here's the deal with that it's a total i didn't want to single you anything about out i didn't want to single right right yeah. you, you talk about bagpiping like people don't like oh my daughter's getting married do you want to come play a bagpipe drum at my daughter's wedding for me it's like <laughs> am i gonna do a drum solo what the hell are you talking about they don't ask you the pipers are always getting money all down oh my god you know the wavy yeah, air yeah. the 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 bagpipers and they're terrible and these people are so drunk at weddings they don't even know how the guys <laughs> he can't even get his freaking drones running right he's like yeah. oh my god people are crying and blubbering about it you don't even know what's going on the drummers couldn't get anything nobody like it, unless they had three or more bagpipers you never got called out hey. for that. They were like, yeah, you play, even if they you, did, they were you, like, we didn't need you. You played a rockin' 40th birthday party here at, at, at my house. I mean, you can't put a price tag on that. I think we only I think we only, here, I think we really only paid we only paid you in uh Totino's pizza rolls right. and Coors Light. There was there was no there was there's there was, there was no money in it, but you know and, and, and I was in a musicians union at that point too. You know what I mean? Like I was like, it's, what am I doing yeah. here? I got I got literally no no pun on I got drummed out of that union because I was playing gigs on the side that they didn't know about. Like it's oh, like you boy. know when you have to go to Indiana, in Illinois, in the labor union. Scab, yeah, scab, scab. <laughs> I know what you're doing. I can tell. Let me see that blister on that finger is from drumming. You were drumming for twelve hours, <laughs> right, right? They blew that giant inflatable rat up in front of your house and everything. You're like a right, scab, right, exactly, right, right, scab right, drummer. Right, right. <laughs> they got the, they got the they Man. got the plate of the tartan wrong. So I like I'm not sure what you're talking about. That wasn't me. Yeah, that what wasn't me. About? That wasn't me. That wasn't I didn't me. do that. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Christopher. <laughs> Anyway, well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you uh, have any comments, questions, ideas for a show, please email us at 3copstalk at gmail.com, the number 3copstalk at gmail.com. Please go to where you get your podcast. Tell your friends. Please subscribe, download, and leave a rating review. We would love to have it and also help us spread the word to make this world a better place. Thanks, everybody. Be safe. Thanks, gentlemen. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Take us home, Joey. Ever wanted to ask a police officer a question? Mail your questions to 3CopsTalk at gmail.com. That's the number 3, CopsTalk at gmail.com, and we'll answer them on the show. Follow us on Instagram at 3CopsTalk. That's the number 3, CopsTalk. Thanks for listening, and stay safe out there.